Poso maoni work, wai wanen kitanen ni mo e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and he sikimaka e yoso matnamene hokihi. Welcome to the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Mapoose. On this episode, I'm joined by Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. I would like to remind everyone, we request you send in your COVID-19 related questions to us at podcast at MITW.org. Welcome, Vaughn. Thanks, Sheena. So Vaughn, um, right off the bat, can you give us the information about the child vaccine clinics that are happening? Yes. So the Pfizer vaccine, like we talked about, I believe last week, was approved for children ages 12 and older. Uh, The clinic has received some Pfizer doses. I believe we have 300 of them on hand right now. Um, And so we're going to be holding vaccination clinics for youth. Um, These are going to take place today, uh, which is Friday the 21st, and also on Monday uh, the 24th. Um, It's going to be at Menominee Indian High School in the small gym. It's going to be from 9 to noon and then again from 1 p.m. to 3.30. Uh, again, it's eligible. anyone that's uh, 12 or older is eligible. Um, they can take walk-ins, but um, if you need to or want to, you can also set an appointment to make sure you get a spot. Uh, you can call the clinic at 715-799-5769 for that. Um, some of the requirements... Um, Parent or legal guardian should be present when the, the vaccine is administered. That is strongly encouraged. We understand that there are some situations where that doesn't or can't happen, um, but that is, is definitely the, the preference. Um, they're going to send home, uh, MISD will send home relevant paperwork to allow children to be vaccinated without a parent present, um, but that paperwork needs to be filled out and returned. Um, and additionally, uh, there's a consent uh, to the vaccine form, uh, it'll need to be signed by that parent or legal guardian, um, and because we know there are some multi-generational families that live with grandparents, and so legal guardianship should be signing that. Um, and then the Pfizer doses, uh, you'll need two of them to become fully vaccinated, and they'll be administered uh, about three weeks apart. Um, general questions, you know, that your your child uh, will have, or issues like um, allergies to medications. Uh, shots, things of those nature, um, and also whether or not they've been sick or experiencing any sort of COVID symptoms, um, and if they've had any sort of vaccination uh, within the last uh, two to six weeks, I believe is what it is. Um, So that's currently what's going on with our uh, activities for our youth vaccination program. So Vaughn, this week we had a new emergency order that was released. Can you just go over some of the main highlights of that? So this is emergency order number 16, and we're trying to follow the recommendations that the CDC just recently put out. Um, And so this takes effect today, actually, uh, May 21st. Um, What it says is that individuals who are fully vaccinated, uh, which means they've received either two shots of Pfizer or Moderna, um, or and are two weeks out from that, or one shot of Johnson & Johnson and are two weeks out from that, Uh, can resume regular activities without wearing a mask or physical distancing, except where it's required by federal or state 
or local laws or by private businesses. Um, again, it's just for individuals that are fully vaccinated. Those who aren't um, should continue mask usage and physical distancing, um, especially in indoor institutions, um, businesses, office, stores, things of that nature. That said, uh, the uh, tribe is actually um, keeping mask mandates in place in locations of high frequency and of potential uh, contamination or potential areas um, where you could run into the virus and contract it. So face masks will still be required for everyone at the Menominee Tribal Clinic, all of the schools on the reservation, the CBRF, um, congregate sites like the meal sites, the Eagle's Nest and the DV shelter, the detention facilities, and the transit vehicles and facilities. Uh, additionally, the tribe's discontinuing the process of uh, temperature screenings as you enter buildings. So those are kind of the major points of what the new emergency order is. Okay, so I did see the question come up on social media about how the tribe is enforcing whether they can tell how people are vaccinated or not. Is it kind of an honor system or um, what's, what is the uh, deal with that? So enforcement is really the issue that's causing a lot of heartburn in public health regarding the CDC's guidelines in changing who can, you know, move around maskless. Um, the tribe and uh, private businesses on the reservation do reserve the right to um, request proof of vaccination, which is given to everyone who is vaccinated. They have a specific card. Um, and so businesses and the tribal um, facilities can re you know, request that upon entry. Um, and those who don't have it you know, will need to mask up. Um, but there is an element of you know, the honor system for this. And so uh, we would really appreciate the cooperation of everyone to continue using masks if you need to. Um, we're really trying to allow people as much freedom as possible, but we really do need to keep um, the community as safe as possible while we try to reach herd immunity. So Vaughn, um, I know we talked about breakthrough infections previously. Is there any updates uh, or more information about uh, breakthrough infections locally? Yeah, so a new report came out um, in Wisconsin, and it focused on the 1.8 million residents that are fully vaccinated um, right now. And among those people, only 605 of them have been infected with COVID-19. So for those of you who love math and numbers, um, that means the breakthrough infection rate here in Wisconsin is 0.03%. It's incredibly low. And that's for people who have gotten two doses of Pfizer or Moderna or one shot of Johnson & Johnson. Um, now, that's that's good that it's low. However, um, our national breakthrough rate is actually 0.008%. So Wisconsin's a little bit higher for whatever reason um, than the, the overall rate nationally, but we're still doing pretty good. Um, they have found that females are more likely to still be infected by COVID even after vaccination. They found that that was about 66% of um, individuals and 40% uh, of those infections were individuals over the age of uh, 65. So if you are older and female, you're still at slightly higher risk than someone that is younger, obviously, and in good health. So that's kind of the, where we stand as far as breakthroughs. So bear in mind, the vaccines 
aren't foolproof, but they're really good. So that's really great news for us. And I know that we talked about this, I think it was maybe last week, that um, even if you do have a breakthrough infection with the vaccine, those are usually less severe, right? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. If you are vaccinated and do get infected, um, they find the symptoms are um, close to asymptomatic or incredibly um, lessened from what a regular case would be, they've found. Um, And if people want to read more about this, we can definitely put the links to these reports in the show notes today. Okay, and then something else that has been in the news quite a bit this week is the child tax credit program. Can you talk a little bit about that? So with the current administration, um, they've worked with the Treasury Department and the IRS to change how the child tax credit is distributed to Americans. Any married couple filing jointly that makes under $150,000 or a head of household making less than $112,500 or an individual making less than $75,000 should qualify for the the child tax credit as it's currently written. It's about 88% of current households. What's going on is that uh, the child tax credit was increased uh, to uh, $3,600 for children under the age of six, and it was extended um, uh, to age 17 and would be $3,000 for children from ages six to 17. So instead of the one-time payment that uh, families normally see receive when they file their taxes in April, um, they're going to do monthly installments. Um, and this breaks down to eligible families getting about $300 per month for children under the age of six and about $250 a month for children under the age uh, or from the ages of six to 17. Um, so to be eligible for this, obviously your income has to be under that, you know, those, those marks, um, and you need to file your taxes. So if you have not done so, we recommend that you file your taxes as soon as possible, um, because the distribution starts in July. So, um, are there any other upcoming opportunities that you think community members should be aware of that you've heard of? So we learned about a new opportunity coming up, uh, uh, for, uh, individuals on the reservation that we thought was rather interesting. There's a group called, and I, I probably will butcher this name and I apologize, um, the Niji Capital Partners. It's N-I-I-J-I-I. So I'm sorry if I you know, slaughtered your name. I apologize for that. Anyway, this group, um, they're focusing on um, empowering Native communities. And what they're doing is they're starting the Indigenous Food Sovereignty and Economic Empowerment Program. And what their goal is to do is to provide technical support and business assistance to prospective clients uh, who are focused on food and agricultural business endeavors um, and are Native American. So this group um, has both uh, small business or yeah small business loans um, and a grant program. Uh, the grant program is going to kind of lean towards. Uh, groups and organizations that are uh, have a, a focus on incorporating youth into their program. Um, and they're seeking food and agricultural based entrepreneurs who need assistance in reaching, um, you know, dreams of establishing things like restaurants, um, food delivery services, food production services, greenhouse um, projects. Um, they also in, uh, encourage things like 
foraging and bakeries, ranching, food trucks. There's there's a whole host of things they're willing to uh, to fund. Um, the grants are for a thousand dollars, and the due date for those is I believe. Hang on. Um, due date for that is uh, June first. Sorry for the quick turnaround on that. I just found out about it yesterday. Um, if you uh, turn in your application and are accepted for a grant, uh, then you'll hear back by June 30th. Um, and you'll need to obviously fill out one of their applications. Um, you'll need a two-page narrative about the goals and objectives of your, your group. Um, you'll also need to include things like a copy of your articles of incorporation, um, tax returns for the business or personal tax returns, um, and also enrollment in your federally, federally recognized tribe. Um, they're currently working with four of them, Menominee, Oneida, Lacta Flambeau, and I'm, I'm sorry I missed the third one, um, but I believe they're up north as well. Um, and you also need a food handler's license and proof of insurance. So that's kind of what you need if you want to uh, apply for the grant. Um, we can put their contact information definitely in the show notes so people can learn more about this great opportunity. Um, another opportunity that uh, individuals might be interested in is what's called the FEED Project or the Food Entrepreneurship Ecosystem Development Project. And this is being put on um, by the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And it's a virtual sum summit. It's taking place uh, this summer. And it's a series of workshops uh, looks like they're going to have uh, four of them right now. Um, the first one is going to be June 7th. Uh, it'll be from 2 to 3.30 p.m. They're all going to be about an hour and a half. Um, the first one will talk about starting a farm or home-based food business. The second one is um, starting or expanding that food business in Wisconsin. Um, the third one will be on best practices in operating a food business uh, out of a shared space. And then the fourth uh, class will be starting or joining a food business cooperative. So if you're into producing food, making food, selling food, I, I would say eating food because I really like it, but not eating food. If you're into making food or, or increasing the, um, the economy around you through the development and production of food, um, these might be great opportunities for you uh, because they're it's good information. Um, the Wisconsin, uh, the university program is free, um, and the applications for grants also free. So a lot of great opportunities are out there now. Thank you for all the information, Vaughn. Um, do you have any final message for people for the weekend? You know, I would just like to thank the members of the community that have been vaccinated so far. I hope you enjoy running around maskless. Um, for those of you that haven't been vaccinated yet, I'd strongly encourage you to do so. Um, it can only benefit yourself and the community and keep you safer. So uh, go get vaccinated. Thank you, Vaughn. You bet. Thanks for having me. YWANN for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcasts. I do weekly updates with Vaughn and welcome any community questions you have regarding COVID-19. So send those to us via email at podcast at MITW.org.